Drink it in now. Deep left side carry on. Picks on the block. At the five. At the two. At the one to the end zone. Touchdown Detroit Lions. Drink it in now. Get up Stafford throws. It is end zone. Detroit Kool-Aid, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. I know you're still out there. I know there's not as many of you as there was before because everybody's frustrated with this team. We're coming off the bye week, one and three. Much rather be two and two or even three and one, but we're not there. We're we got 12 games left, and we're here on a Friday to tell you that there's still some Detroit Kool-Aid that needs to be uh, taken in. That needs to be drank or drunk or whatever we need to drink this detroit kool-aid everybody drink it in now it's a friday off the bye week we're playing the jacksonville jaguars we're playing garder manchu and a bunch of other people i've never heard of in my whole life grifka it's friday usually tell people what the weather is for some odd reason usually give them an acronym how you doing buddy do your thing oh Football is back this weekend, um, and this was one of those games that at the beginning of the year we're all penciling as a straight W, but once again, it's going to be a chilly weekend here in Michigan. There's a chance of rain, so it's another one of those good um, good uh, Sundays, you know, get a big, you know, crock pot full of chili, you know, with that, you know, put some cheese, crackers in it, sit down with your favorite cold one, be able to watch the game. It's just it's going to be a nice weekend to actually watch football. Where it's not too hot, and you're not like missing, you know, anything outside because it's a little chilly. So once again, TGIF. Thank God it's Friday. Griffith, I swear. So we had a show uh, last week was our solo. We had the week before. Last Friday, I'm pretty sure you told people it's going to be chilly out. <laughs> no, I, I said it was going to be nice. Go outside. <laughs> Get off the grill. Okay, well, the week before that, you said it's going to be chilly out, and you should go make some chili. So is this your go-to now on a Friday, or are you trying to just use chili as many times as you can? I'm confused. Not chili's like one of those good football, you know, foods. I ain't going to say, you know, cook yourself up some homemade chicken noodle soup. <laughs> no, that just sounds terrible. Like, you know, go make yourself some beef stew. No, beef stew don't sound good. No, chili is like football food so okay it'll be slightly slightly brisk outside make some chili slightly brisk like man, i can still live with a sub no man when it's chilly out you want chili oh my good grifka do you like we we always just talk football only on this show but i'm real curious can you make a, a pot of chili or no yeah you, you can make grifka chili time, but yeah I, I can do it well, why don't you ever make Grifka chili for a tailgate? You never, you never bring anything to the table. You never say, "Oh, I can make a Dude, good chili." Because we go at the beginning of September when it's ninety degrees outside and nobody wants chili. <laughs> like, oh, that's okay, right. Why? Degrees. Why do we do that? Why do we do that, Grifka? Let's people know. Because nobody wants it. Because I don't want to go see the Lions when they're terrible in November. <laughs> 
see see what I deal with people? This is this is the waffle maker. This is the guy that tells you to drink that Detroit cool. I love the team. Every year when I try to go to a game with this guy, he's got to go to the first game of the year because he knows after that he's going to go flip on the others, tell you how terrible the team is, tell you how bad he knew they would be. This is what I deal with. Plus, he's a wimp. Plus, Grifka's a wimp. He, he can't go out in the cold. I remember every year I tell him, oh, man, Grifka, we should have an outside stadium. It'd be great to come to a game in, like, November, December in an outdoor stadium. You think? He's like, nah, man, nah. <laughs> I, I I just want to be inside in September when when they, when they they're 0-0. Zero and, zero. and I'm like, what a, what a wimp this guy is. And now he's telling you he can make some chili. Grifka, we're going to have a chili cook-off. Your chili versus my grandpa's chili. I guarantee you my grandpa's chili your put grandpa, you to shame. Is your grandpa going to make chili? Yeah, I'm not going to. I mean, that's why it's called my grandpa's chili, because grandpa can well, make grandpa, some chili. You have, the, you have the tried and true chili. I mean, the dude's been around forever. That guy's got that thing worked out. I've made chili like three times. I mean, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I'm going to help you out. Like, maybe I'll even give you the old grandpa recipe so you can you can step up your chili game when you tell people every Friday it's going to be chili. So eat some chili. So, I mean, I'm going to help you out. You're going to keep using the same word twice for some reason. And then we're going to talk Lions football for the people. So what do you got here on a Friday? Is it some is it some chilly content or you got some hot takes for me because I'm ready to just tear you up like I normally do on a Friday when you ask me some garbage question right off the top? Well, I'm really interested in your take on this. <laughs> oh boy. It seems like right after the Dak Prescott injury, you know, that was I was watching that game and that was horrible to see. And I just remember I was texting, you know, Chuck, and because we were going back and forth, and Tony Romo was like, hopefully it's just a cramp. And I texted, yeah, that's not a cramp. And then they showed it where, like, his ankle's dangling. It seemed like instantaneous, like, everybody went to Twitter, trade with the Lions for Matt Staff, trade with the Lions for Matt Staff. Trade. And that seemed to be on everybody's thought process for the next couple of days. You know, Jerry Jones called Detroit, trade for Matt Stafford. Now, you being the GM of the show that – you know, worries about contracts, everything like that. You know me. You like how you say I like to pay everybody. And, you know, I back up the brinks for everybody. Um, you, as the GM of this team, if Jerry Jones was to call you and make you a decent offer, I'm not saying, you know, hey, we'll give you a sixth-round pick for Matt Stafford, something that was very palatable to you, would you trade Matt Stafford? Oh, Grifka, this is normally the time in the show where I say Grifka. Is, is is that a real question, really? But I'm not going to do that today. This this is a good question. I can't wait to tackle this one. But, of course, before I get to it, i got to hint on a few things you said. First of all, if you're going to bring Chuck up on the show, we got to refer to him as he's known here on the show. And that's Chuck the Magazine. Because everybody knows that Chuck is known for one thing on this show. And that was his few appearances on the Fantasy Football Flavor, where he continually mentioned, and I continued to make fun of him, that he still goes to Barnes and Noble every year to buy the fantasy football magazine. He like nobody told him that there's a thing called Google where you can just like look up fantasy anything. You don't have to go buy the magazine anymore. So I don't know. Chuck uh, forgot all about that, but um, we like to beat him up for that. We also know he's the Cowboys honk on the show. So it's good to throw his name out there. But he knows he just loves Dallas Cowboys. Why, Grifka? Why does he like the Dallas Cowboys? Let the people know. He says he's always liked him as a kid, but I'm thinking probably because, you know, Chuck may be a front runner and the Cowboys get a lot of calls. <laughs> they're they're probably one of the NFL favorites. Like, I don't know, what would a couple other teams maybe be the, the, the um, NFL? Green love? Bay, New England, Pittsburgh. <laughs> 
All right, so I got that out of the way. First of all, and then you mentioned Twitter. So you're going to say everybody ran to Twitter to make this comment. Did you happen to see at Derek Oakry tweet out this probably right around or even before most people that, hey, I might be calling Jared Jones and trying to get a desperate Cowboys team and deal Matt Stafford. Did you see that by chance at Griffka DKC? did but i was trying to prep a nice uh, question for you i suppose like dude i really liked your twitter claim about trading uh you know matt stafford away congratulations let's move on to something else now i really wanted your take on this for all the people that don't have twitter and don't follow you on twitter but, okay yeah, I'm, Derek, I'm, Derek I'm, Oakry at, at, at Derek i'm working my way up to my take grifko but like you know what the people would like is a is an actual tweet from you i don't know every blue moon that was actually Lions content was something like this, where you see a star quarterback go down. You know, the Lions have a really good quarterback. You know that you hate this team. So you'd like to trade him for assets. Maybe tweet something out for the people that gets them thinking or helps them respond to you. Maybe you could do that at Grifka DKC every, I don't know, every, uh, you know, 84 days or so. Could you do that? I'm sure the people would love to hear your commentary. Sure. <laughs> but I'm interested in what you have to say about training Matt Stafford away All right, uh, here for, at Rodwood. I'm going to get I'm going to get to the answer, but I want people to watch the at Griffka DKC Twitter account and see if anything interesting comes out in the next 30 days from his Twitter, because uh, I'm sure you'll get a whole bunch of nothing except for when I make fun of him. Then he'll come back and try to beat me up. That's that's what he does. So, all right, now that that's out of the way, Griffka, let me answer your question about Matt Stafford and should we trade him to Jarrah Jones and the NFL beloved Dallas Cowboys? Are you ready for this? Yes, I am. I am stoked to hear your answer, <laughs> Griffka. This is something that I hate to say isn't probably not going to happen, but. I'm a proponent of this. I really am. Like, I'm looking, I'm trying to decipher the contract because I'm finally glad that you tipped your cap to me, the GM of the show, me, the thinking man of the show, me, the guy that considers more than he's good or he sucks because there is a lot of factors involved and the contract is a big factor in all of this. What is the dead cap? What's the buyout? How could they do all this? But I'm here to tell you. Matt Stafford's 32 years old in 2020. He's been here for 11 plus seasons. We know what we have. As I kind of put online on Twitter, he is what he is at this point. And what I mean by that is, yes, he's a good quarterback. Yes, he can make all the throws. He has elite arm talent. He has almost everything you look for in a quarterback. But we've seen what we've seen in Detroit. It hasn't changed. Like, we can keep him around and try to put the ultimate super team and and win with him. But it feels like we're getting to a breaking point where if you could get, people were talking about a second round pick. Could you get a first and a fourth? Could you get a player like Michael Gallup and a a pick? You know, get some of the excess uh, offensive talent that the Dallas Cowboys have. I'd be interested in all of those because... I have multiple Matt Stafford jerseys. We talk about him multiple times on every Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Um, Benny Blades is always talking about Matt Stafford on Believe in Lions, which drops on Thursdays on your favorite podcast platform. But I'm here to tell you that I feel personally like Matt Stafford can continue to do what he does here, which is usually put up decent numbers. 
but I don't feel like he's going to take us to the promised land. I don't feel like he's going to win unless everything goes perfectly for him. I don't even know how much longer he wants to play football. He always answers with, oh, I got a lot more football left. or Oh, I can't wait to play. I'm a little skeptical that he may only have two to three years left. So if you could trade him for some assets and start to turn this thing around, because my whole contention with Tua and with some of these quarterbacks that come out is, yeah, I want a guy that can make all the throws. Yeah, I want a guy that's got elite measurables to some degree. But what I really want is an absolute winner, a guy that just we talked about on the Wednesday show is consistent. All of his players follow him. You know, when the chips are down in the fourth quarter, he not only wants the football, he consistently comes through. He can overcome some of the things the Lions um, have either built into their organization or can't get over. He can just overcome those and bring other players with him. I want all that, and I don't know if in year 12, 13, 14, that Stafford is the best guy for that. Now, I think he does great things off the field. I think he can, um, you know, none of his players have anything bad to say about him. But I blew up last week on Believe, B-L-E-A-V, and Lions, saying, would it kill you to go up to the podium and show some emotion once every little bit? Just like I yell at you off the line before we hit the record button. Grifka, would it kill you to be entertaining once every blue moon on the show? No. Like, (laughs) would it kill Matt Stafford (laughs) to, like, get up there and say, I'm sick of this. Like, I'm tired of the penalties. I'm tired of the sloppy play. We have to be better. And it starts with me and I'm going to lead this team. I'm not going to take it anymore. Would it kill him to do that rather than say, well, he does it behind the scenes. Oh, you should see him after practice in the locker room. Well, we don't see him. And we also don't see enough W's and we don't see enough consistent high level elite play for Matt Stafford. So yeah, if Jarrah Jones calls me with a good offer, I would love to send Matt Stafford to the Dallas Cowboys, let him play in his hometown, let him win with a team like that that has C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper and Zeke and an offensive line and some defensive pieces, even though they're Swiss cheese right now. Yes, I would love to do that because the Lions could maybe then use that asset to go get the next guy for the next 10 years that might have a few of the intangibles that Stafford doesn't have in spades and even if they have a little bit less throwing arm and a little bit less this or that I just feel like we know what we have here and I we don't know what we have in a new shiny draft pick and the time's coming regardless like even if you keep him and he retires the line what's that three years four years maybe at max um that's like best case scenario so I think it's really in play in general but I don't know that we're going to do it based on the regime and based on his contract, and based on the fact that when have the Lions done a bold move like that, where they just all of a sudden say, midseason, hey, we're trading Matt Stafford to the Dallas Cowboys, or the Indianapolis Colts, or the Jacksonville Jaguars, or you know another team that's needy of a quarterback, and we get a, a nice return, a first-round pick. Give me a high second-round pick with a team that's going to be terrible. Trade him to the San Francisco 49ers of all places and give us Jimmy G for a year or two, and we'll figure it out. Like, I wouldn't be totally opposed, but I don't see the Lions doing that. But in my opinion, it's going to take some drastic move like that to leap this team forward unless we come off this bye week and we drop 40 bomb on Jacksonville and we we start rolling for the next couple games then i think you're you're fine to roll with him for this year and next year and then deal with i mean i think i'm looking at it i think 
in 2022, you know, or 2022-ish, somewhere around there, his his dead cap goes from like 30 million to like nine. So, you know, then you could either trade him to somebody that wants or you'd almost be fine to move on at that point and not even need to trade him. Either just cut him like, you know, some of the other great quarterbacks that have been cut over the years. You know, it happens. So my scenario is bold move and do it either now or midseason or ride it out if he starts really playing well and you think you can win ball games. And in two years, you're going to have to need that new guy that's going to sell jerseys, that new signal caller, that new leader of the Detroit Lions. And. You know, I'm excited for that as much as I like Stafford as a quarterback. Eric, I really I loved your take. Was, I, I, liked, I liked what you put together. It was a very cogent answer. But I do have a piggyback question for you. <laughs> yes, sir. What do you got? Now, well, you, you got a piggyback. You got a quick follow-up. What? You mentioned he'd be playing in his hometown. Did you know that he grew up with Clayton Kershaw, the pitcher for the Los Angeles Dodgers? Grifka, you know what I got to say to that? What? That drives me freaking bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> or I could have just hit you with hit you with one of these because I think we probably mentioned that on a previous show or two. Grifka, <laughs> I I got something for you that you're probably just gonna like you know you're just gonna just gonna blow your mind. I mean you're you're gonna say this when I when I tell you this little nugget. You ready for this? You're gonna this is gonna be your response even before I ask it. Wow! 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 That's the Frank Ribble quad. Wow, everybody. Grifka, did you know that Joyke Bell was a security guard at Allen Park headquarters before he played for the Detroit Lions? Hold on. Wait for it. Wow. <laughs> Can you believe that? Can you believe it? That does that does blow my mind. It really, I, you never you never would have guessed that. Gosh, that's we come up with some finds on the show that I know just blow people's minds. But incredible! That, I mean, that, next, that really blows my mind. Next, next thing we're gonna say is like that. Jerome Bettis was from Detroit and won a Super Bowl in Detroit. Like, uh, I, I don't know where we go from here. Like, the the people are just they don't know what to do. Grifka, what what else you got before we just put some some other nuggets on people that they just can't believe? Just uh, one quick question. That the way the way the lines are set right now, or maybe if you were starting a franchise, what type of quarterback do you think this team needs right now? Do you think they kind of need like a game manager, kind of like your boy Kirk Cousins, or you know somebody like a Brad Johnson or Trent Dilfer, or maybe like one of those cerebral quarterbacks that everybody talking, you know, Tom Brady, Joe Montana, or do you think are are you the guy that really kind of wants that gunslinger guy? You know, you mentioned how Stafford used to have that swag and just seemed like he would throw the ball all around the field and come up May or, you know, somebody like a Brett Favre, you know, it just seemed like, you know, I'm throwing, I'm going to fit in that window and then you'd get picked off every once in a while. What type of quarterback do you think this team needs? Or if you were looking to put a quarterback on the team, which type of quarterback would you take? I mean, I think I hit on it in the beginning part of my show, Grifka, and I've said it, you know, slyly in previous shows is that, this this team, this organization, the Detroit Lions, they need somebody that's an organization changer. They need a guy that's fits all those cliches, first in, last out. They need a guy that can can be a leader of men. They need a guy that is just gonna straight up make plays all by himself, you know? He's gonna win games all by himself. Like I don't know who that is right now, but I know that they they need somebody that 
is going to almost have that attitude of like what I say on the show, which is don't, don't tell me about 20, 30 years ago, or, oh, we haven't won since 50, whatever. Like they need to have that swag, that leadership that just says, I'm worried about right now. And like right now I'm going to come in, I'm going to work my tail off. I'm going to earn the respect of my players. And I'm going to be the guy everybody looks to when, when we need to win and when things are going bad and good, whatever. And not only just look to, it's one thing to like look to somebody like, oh man, we look to Grifka when everything's going bad. Can, can Grifka make plays? Can Grifka help us win games? Have we seen it from Grifka? Because if not, I don't care who we look to if, if only sometimes, or if he has that, you know, him haw look on his face, or if he's the waffle maker. Like, we need a guy that can show up and just get it done. And... Gosh, I don't know who that guy is, but I know other teams have been able to find him. I mean, you're talking about, like, the scrub quarterbacks that the Houston Texans had before they found Deshaun Watson. You want to remember what the Kansas City Chiefs look like, you know, putting up these, you know, gaudy win records, but never being able to do anything in Kansas City until a certain Pat Mahomes showed up. I mean, there's all these situations where guys just came in and they just they're just special, man. They're just special talents. And I feel like the lions, you know, Matt Stafford's the best quarterback we've ever had in in my lifetime for sure. And a guy that, yeah, like you said, early in his career, he showed all these things I'm talking about, you know, but there's also some parts of him now where it's just kind of like, like you said, how he's used to the lion's way of doing things. He's, he's always says the right thing. He just wants to be the good guy. The lions have paid him handsomely. So what does he have to work for? He's never been challenged with a good backup. You know, all these things where it's like, yeah, he's got leadership. He's got all the things you'd look for, but I don't know that he's been had the adversity that some of these other people have had. I mean, even when you look at players across the league, there's guys that have just had these incredible circumstances and they just overcome everything all the time. I feel like, again, people are going to hate this, but I think it's true. Matt Stafford came from a well-off family in, in Texas there. He uh, was the top high school quarterback. He had any pick of anywhere, went to Georgia. He was kind of inconsistent there, but everybody loved him. Got taken first overall, got paid every year, every contract he's been asked. He's been always been somewhat gifted the quarterback position after he won it, what, his rookie year from Dante Culpepper of all people. So, you just need that guy that is just special, intangible-wise. And yeah, they need to be make all the throws and whatnot. And Grifka, I'm just going to throw this out as a little teaser. It's a, it's a very early draft exclusive. I know you brought this guy up, Grifka, and I said I hadn't done much work on him. I've started to pull up some tape of Trey Lance from North Dakota or whatever, South, wherever. Like, I saw some very awesome things, some very interesting things on tape, Grifko, the types of plays this guy was making with his arm, his feet, his stats, some of the leadership qualities to look for. So Trey Lance is on my radar now as a quarterback that, hey, if we end up finishing four, six wins and we're not at that top couple picks, but we're in that top five, top ten, this might be a guy I'm willing to hand the baton off to because he looked like he had some things and he could throw the football all over the yard. I liked what I saw. I will have to pull up some tape and uh, watch some. All I've seen is a 
a little bit of game film from that guy from previous blowouts that he was uh, in with North Dakota State. So Griffka, lazy boy scouting. They, they should be able to get that right over to you. I mean, you you just sit right in there in the lazy boy in the CEO chair that you got, and I'm sure they'll get that done for you, no doubt about it. I mean, I'd hate to go watch YouTube where you say all you see are the great moments. I mean, you can't get anything from that, I'm sure, except see that this guy can throw, he can run, he has that swagger, he has that ability like – uh, you know, I know you want your boy Justin Fields from that school down south that you love so much, but I'm here to tell you, man, it might be it might be Trevor Lawrence and this Lance kid when it's all said and done. Um, but a lot of time to go. But again, just to sum it up, like the Lions have been fortunate to have Matt Stafford, but if you're talking about what the next quarterback is, I just want a dead, solid winner. But you can't have a guy that can't throw or is a game manager, as you call it. He's got to be able to wing it around. He's got to be able to make all the throws, but he's got to be able to move those chains with his feet. Everybody laughs like, oh, that Stafford actually ran once. Like these quarterbacks that are doing well in the league now, you know, uh, Russell Wilson, man, the guy runs for three, four first downs every game because people are trying to defend the pass. He moves the sticks like we need a guy like that. I feel like what I saw from Trey Lance, he's got that ability to to move and to run. And uh, the Lions need to find that dual threat, a winner and a guy that can uh, be electrifying for the fan base, but also a guy that people like I want to go to Detroit and play with and for that guy and. Not sure who it'll be, but it's, we're going to know in the next few years because, you know, time is a ticking. But, gosh, I hope they get a get it right with the next quarterback because, you know, we've been able to watch a good one here for a while, but the next one's got to be even better. Okay. Me? Everybody knows I like the gunslinger, the guy that goes chucks it wherever. Yeah, they make me mad sometimes, but then they make those plays. They're just like, oh, my gosh, did you see that? So I always <laughs> like the gunslingers myself. Well, let's do this. Let's take a pause for the cost, pay some bills, and uh, come on back, and we'll talk about the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Detroit Kool-Aid, as Grifka says, Detroit Kool-Aid cast. What do you say in your solo shows? You say, welcome, everybody, 
Oh, to the Detroit Kool-Aid <laughs> makes me laugh every time when you introduce people to the Detroit Kool-Aid. I laugh every time. I'm sure others do as well. <clears throat> Griffco, we, we got the Jacksonville Jaguars on the docket here. A team that is, I don't know. Uh, I Gosh, I don't know if I have the... I don't have the Charles sound bit, but if I did, it sounds something like this. Man, they're terrible. That's a terrible team. That's a terrible idea. Something like that. Like, this team's not good. I mean, I'm sure you're going to go on and on about how Gardner Manchu's stats are good. And look at their running back. And, oh, man, they've got some playmakers on defense. I'm here to tell you, it's not a very good team. And i got some stats to back it up. But we don't know what we have in the Lions right now. So it should be interesting to talk about what you got. Okay. Well, you brought his name up. Like you said, Gardner Minshew has been uh, throwing up some stats, even though they was it they have one win. What do the Lions have to do to uh, you know maybe slow him down? Grifka, since this is kind of my gimmick on the Friday show where I do something random before I answer your question, like let's let's hit rewind and let's let's do like a name test real quick. So. Back in the day, I'd always tell you to say a certain guy's name with a little respect. Who, who might that be? Was it Aishon? <laughs> yeah, and and that's how you say it with a little bit of respect, right? Yes. Or it'd be something like this. Aishon! Right? Like, <laughs> that's how you got to respect the guy, because you wouldn't want to see him in a lit or a dark alley, but you got to say his name with respect. Now, the second name that I try to coach you up on is, uh, how might the pronunciation the proper pronunciation of Adrian Peterson be Grifka. Well, you do it. Well, Adrian Peterson. <laughs> oh, everybody that that's the Grifka quality. If you want it done right, it's got to be like this. Adrian Peterson. <laughs> Something like that. So you got to get that right. And, and what, what might I say about a certain corner, a second year corner from Penn state for the Detroit Lions? What, what might we call him for, for working on our names right now? The A O, <laughs> and what what might follow that, Gripka? Oh, baby! <laughs> Everybody, what Gripka's trying to say, what he meant to say, the, I'm trying to work. This is like hooked on phonics, Gripka, for the Detroit Kool Aid Cast. If you're talking about the second year corner for the Lions from Penn State, you refer to him like this. Man, that's A O O, baby. That's how, that's how you would do that. And then let, let's do one more. Let's talk about Gardner Minshew for a second. Like most people might say that or talk about his mustache or his jorts, but I think he should be referred to as Gardner Minshew. Don't you? Yeah, I could live with that. <laughs> All right. Well, we had some fun with some names. I think there's a couple others that we've had fun with over the years, but I thought we'd recap that. So, um, what was your question and tee it up for me and do the short version, please. I had too much fun Garner with the names. has been uh, throwing up stats. How do the line slow him down? Uh, gosh, I mean, to, to me, I mean, you, you say throw out stats. Again, Griff guy did some homework. So Gardner Manchu is 70% completions. He's got about 335 yards passing per game, which was really surprising. I, I couldn't believe it when I saw that, but. 335 is about 150 more than I would think he'd have on most weeks, but I don't I don't know what to think about Mr. Manchu. I mean, he's he's a guy that got picked late. I want to say the fifth round. I mean, he came from a school that just threw it all around the yard. But I see I see this quarterback as a guy that can run around. I see him as a guy that 
isn't dynamic in the passing game. He also doesn't have these all-world pass catchers. They've invested a lot in receivers, but they only have one or two guys to show for it. Um, I have here, I think he's had set, he's got sacked 17 times. So again, holding the football, they're sort of dancing around back there. He's got himself sacked quite a bit. And uh, I don't know. He's better than I thought. Like even in fantasy football, there was that big joke about draft uh, Gardner Minshew, like first overall or whatever. But Gardner Minshew was a great quarterback to get like, you know, mid to late rounds. He, he does seem to put up numbers. The team seems to love him. Kind of like what I just went on and on about, about he does seem to be a leader. So I think the lions are going to have to keep him in the pocket. I, I would much rather see him try to beat us with his arm than scramble around and, and make those off off kilter type plays that he's somewhat been known for in the league so far. So I, he doesn't scare me, but you, you know, you can't, you can't argue with 335 per on average 70 percent completions as well as running the ball a little bit so you know they're gonna have to contain him and and hope that their guys can cover and, and get their hands on some footballs okay. the everybody assumed that jacksonville was just looking to tank at the beginning of the year but they've actually been really competitive in their games is do you think at some point you think the lines if they do come out you're looking you said maybe throw up a 40 burger is there something maybe that if the Lions score, they might be able to put this game to bed early, maybe by halftime, where Jacksonville's like, okay, we'll just take this this loss, maybe you know, start to tank like people thought early in the year. Um, I I don't know. I I don't feel like the NFL. You hear me say it on multiple shows is a game where you punch people in the face, take their candy, and beat them by halftime or beat them by 20 some points, you know, it's, it's a rarity. I think in the league, you also mentioned they've been competitive. Like this is what kills me about you on the show. Like this is why you've been deemed the waffle maker because somehow the Jacksonville Jaguars are competitive in all their games and, and you give them credit yet. My, my stats and analytics here says that they've like the first team. in I don't even know how many years that have lost three straight games to teams that had no W's. I mean, they lost to three teams in a row that had no wins in the in the stat sheet, which is minus one of what the Detroit Lions have. And, and you're giving them credit because they were close or they did okay instead of the old Griff Club. Well, they lost. Doesn't matter. So, I again, I don't know what I'm dealing with with the waffle maker here. But to me, they've lost three games. Um, and they have nobody like big names on their team, which is exactly why I'm so nervous about this game. Because you know me, it's the up-down theory, Grifsky. Like, when you lose three games in a row to three scrub teams, and the Lions are coming in, and everybody thinks, all oh, the Lions go maybe just outscore them. Maybe the Lions will beat them by halftime. Maybe Grifka DKC said this could be a game where they just put it to bed early. It feels like a game that's going to come down to the wire again, or we're going to have a lot of no-name players making plays on us, and a game where the the Jaguars are due to to get a W after losing three in a row. So that's that's what I got to say about it. Is I mean I don't give them credit for being close or being competitive, but I I think this could be a tough ball game for all the reasons you wouldn't expect. Is uh, Jacksonville's defense? Like I said they've been competitive. They seem to be one of those. Games they'll be in it for a little bit, and then the fourth quarter, you know, the other team just kind of finally applies the pressure that they have overwhelming talent against Jacksonville to win the game. And we've seen the Lions, you know, don't want to talk about how they've struggled in the fourth quarter to put away games. Is this kind of one of those, you know, games where it's the uh, 
weakness of each team in the fourth quarter going against each other? Do you think the Lions can maybe put that to, to bed after a bye week and uh, put this game away if they're leading in the fourth quarter? <laughs> oh, Grifka, again, I'm so glad I got these stats because now I can not only crush you, but I can back it up more than I do on most shows. Grifka, you say the defense is playing solid? My numbers seem to say otherwise, because the, the Jacksonville Jaguars allow 36.8 points per game. You know how many yards passing they give up per game there uh, at Griffka DKC? You want to know how many? Probably well, like 350, 400. <laughs> yeah, w- would a good defense give up 350 to 400 per game, or would you be going nuts on the show saying they can't cover a coffee table if they gave up those type of yardage? Considering they've traded away their stars, they're playing a little better than what everybody thought. So I guess I get, that's what I was getting at that. I wasn't considering them, you know, like we all thought Detroit's, you know, awesome defense with, you know, their totem pole linebackers would be better and their zero pass rush. We, we thought they'd be better. But considering what's on Jacksonville's defense, yeah, they have been playing a little you know, more competitive than what everybody thought. Everybody thought they'd be giving up 50 burgers all, all year. Okay, well, you can say competitive, you can say better. I remember a show probably, I don't know, end of last year where I tried to tell you how well the Lions hung in there and they almost beat the Chiefs. And you're like, I don't want to hear about maybes. I don't want to hear about almost. I don't want to hear about bet. It's a black and white bit. You either won or you lost. I could care less if you almost. Where's the maybe column in, 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 in the sports page? I don't see it. Did, did you say that to me or am I confused? No, but I'm a Lions fan. I'm not a Jacksonville fan. So I can look at other teams with other sets of eyes as, as opposed to, you know, the Honolulu blue sunglasses I wear for Detroit. And, you know, nobody's going, well, Jacksonville almost, you know, showed everybody how to beat this certain team. It's like, no, I mean, that's crap. You, you lost. But they had traded away pretty much all their talent. You know, you know, this year where Detroit hadn't done that, but you use the crutch of the uh, all the injuries and, you know, crap guys like Jared Davis who played all year and so what whatever so yeah once again I guess I expect a little more out of a team that wasn't trading away all their good players you know but you're okay with that so all right Griffka you know what you do to me on the show and you know what I do to you and the reason why people love to listen you want to know why because we do that we both look we both look at the Lions with uh Honolulu blue glasses on no, because we do this to each other. That drives me freaking bonkers. <laughs> I mean, I mean, basically, I do that to you, and you do that to me, and that's why we're entertaining. But like, like, I'm serious. I'm looking at this, Griffco. You, you want to know something that's going to blow your mind here on a Friday show? You think you rile me up? You think you get me going? You want to hear something that's just going to knock you off your lazy boy right now? Oh no, you did tell me that Jerome Bettis was from Detroit, and you won a Super Bowl in Detroit, and that really floored me so this better be really good i i did drop that bomb on you i mean uh i think you've recovered though so listen to the listen to this bombshell again you and everybody else wants to go on about the lions past defense i mean i i don't think my numbers are mistaken here but the the jacksonville jaguars give up 350 passing yards 11 touchdowns already this season the Detroit Lions have only given up 235 yards passing per game. That's 115 less per game than the Jacksonville Jaguars. So you think we can't cover? I mean, gosh, this isn't covering a coffee table. Jacksonville Jaguars, they, I mean, I don't even know what it is. This is some type of dining room setup that they can't get handled here for them because that's embarrassing. You want to know how bad we've been in the run game uh, against the rush, especially against the Saints? 
we, we give up 170 rushing per game, and so do the Jaguars. So, like, this is just going to be an absolute debacle on the defensive side of the football for definitely for Jacksonville and the Lions, if they can even tighten it up at all. I, I don't see why they can't score a bunch of points and, and, and win this ball game. But, like I say, these are all numbers I'm giving you. Like, you've got to show up. You've got to do it. But let's not be giving Jacksonville all this random credit when they don't have those numbers. They have guys on offense named James Robinson. They've got guys at wide receiver named Keenan Cole and Garyon Conley. They got a couple young studs in Chark and, and LaVisca Chenault. LaVisca Chenault, one of the all-Grifka name name teams he's got to be on him and Roxanne and uh, all the other people that you love just because their names I mean LaVisca Chenault's got to be on there but I'm telling you we got more offensive talent they're horrible on defense they got some no-name hard workers but you got to be able to win this ball game you really do I agree with you I mean I feel the Lions have a lot more talent plus they're coming off a of bye week so they should be able to uh roll in and Jackson will get a W but we can uh we can come up with our uh, predictions here in a little bit. Um, do you uh, do you feel that the Lions will be able to establish a run this week? I know um, they struggled a little bit uh, a couple weeks ago against New Orleans, but uh, you know the run game this year for these guys has been really up and down. Can you think they'll be able to get the run game going this week? I'm looking at some of my stats and analytics, Grifka, that I did my homework on this week, and I mean. I don't know that they should run it. I, I, I don't know why you wouldn't pass it based on what I just gave you in regards to passing. And we got Marv, we got Kenny, we got TJ Hawkinson. Um, you know, we'd like to get Cephas involved. He seemed to get the football a lot his way early and hasn't seen many footballs. You got uh, old trusty Danny Amendola in there as well. So I'd be trying to sling it. I mean, Matt Stafford, 60% completions, only 232 yards a game. He needs one of those 400 yard. This is what I was touting against the Saints. And this is why I was so disappointed by that game because they came out and scored two quick TDs. But I was really hoping that that Saints game was going to be a 300, 350, three to four touchdown. Matt Stafford just feeling himself. Lions putting up a good point total, winning that game by at least 10 points or whatever. That would have been a really good boost. And it started out like it was going to be that way. So if I got to take a mulligan, I would hope it would happen this game. But, I mean, I'm looking at rushing stats here that I wrote down. I mean, we got Peterson, Swift, carry on, and, and probably Bo will be back in the mix. I mean... Everybody wants to say we've been able to run the football a lot better because they remember the the Adrian Peterson, um, you know, runs, the spin move, the touchdowns. You know, I think he's got one or two touchdowns, whatever it is. Like, I mean, he's been good, and Swift hasn't barely seen the field, and carry-on's a glorified left tackle or right tackle. I mean, we don't need any help on the left side, Grifka. That's obvious. Um, so he's over there helping on, on, on the right tackles or playing guard pretty much for the Detroit Lions and their pass protecting, but... I mean, 4.1 per carry, 101 yards a game, only three touchdowns. I mean, that's basically the same stats as what Jacksonville has got with Robinson, Chris Thompson, and Rockwell Armstead back there. So I think both teams are kind of, you know, eh when it comes to running. So I would definitely try to sling it a lot more, especially with, like you said, they, they've given up, you know, a lot of their cover guys Jacksonville has. They do have some linebackers and some front guys and get after you. So I say sling it, but you know they're going to try to establish the run. That's what we do. You know, that is that is a core to football. I get it. But if I had my druthers, I would just say, hey, if you can't cover me, I'm just going to sling it. We're going to score 
bunch of points and, and beat you that way. Okay. I want to do this. Before we get to our final prediction, is there any other amazing stat that you would like to bust out from the Jacksonville Jaguars to educate us that would uh, maybe change my thought process on how I feel this game will come out? I mean, how much knowledge I got to drop on you on a Friday? I mean, this is the first time either of us have probably done any homework on this show. We usually just turn on the mics and yell at each other. And, and you know, you play, you say some gimmick lines. I play some sound drops and, and I holler at you because the people find it entertaining and we, we sign off. But, I mean, I pretty much exhausted a lot of my stats. I mean, he, here's one for you. Grifka, you know, Tyler Eifert had 13 touchdowns, 13 in 2015, <laughs> I mean, that's their starting tight end. Tyler Eifert hasn't even played barely since 2015. Now he's the starting tight end for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Imagine this. He's hurt coming into this game. He's not sure if he'll play. Imagine that. But uh, uh-huh. 13 TDs in 2015, that's pretty crazy for a guy named Tyler Eifert, um, who's probably had, like, one since then. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, TJ Hawkinson, let's get him the football. Like, you know, he sees a few footballs here or there and, and makes good plays, and they don't milk them like they do Kittle and Ertz, some of these top guys. So I would like to see TJ Hawkinson getting like 10-plus uh, footballs his way pretty much on a regular basis. But that that's pretty much all I got. I mean, people touting the Lions offensive line. I was curious how many sacks they'd given up. You know, like I said, Jacksonville's given up 17, Lions only 12 sacks. I feel like a lot of those this year have been – Matt Stafford with a happy feet, or if his first look isn't there, he kind of just panics where a lot of these other quarterbacks stand back there like a statue with 20 people right around him and, and just throw the football all over the yard. So I'd like to see Stafford be a little more poised or, or just hang in there more because I feel like our old line, you know, I'd like, to, yeah, I'd like to say it's improved, especially if Joe Dahl is back in there and, and depending on what you do with Hal Vitae, it's like, I, I feel better. Jonah Jackson's been a stud. So, I got no more stats for you, but I, I feel like I brought some stuff to the table today. I feel like those are some actual numbers to back up some of the poppycock that you tried to bring up today about about their good defense or them being able to to you know play solid when they're almost giving up 37 points a game. I mean, get out of here with that. I said they're better than what everybody thought they would be. What, what so did everybody expect uh, them to give up 45 What's your final prediction on this game? Oh, man. Big prediction time. I mean, Grifka, I'm here to tell you. Hold on. Let me get a sound bit ready. I might need a couple for this one. Grifka, you know on this show, again, we've talked a lot about this guy on this show. I mean, last game against the Saints, I was hoping that was just going to light it up. And he let me down. He had a ho-hum game after the first couple drives. Obviously, our defense couldn't do anything. But I think this is a big game. For number nine, you know what his name is, Grifka. I think this is going to be one of these for the Jacksonville Jaguars. That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. We threw that game. We gave it away by doing that. We gave them the friggin' game. In my opinion, that sucked. Thank you, Jim Moore. I think that's what the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars would be saying once he looks at the game tape of what the Detroit Lions can do to him here in this ball game. So, 
Grifka, you know what I got to do when it comes to prediction time. Coming off a of bye week, one and three, everybody thinks the the Detroit Lions are done. Just need to sell everything and get rid of everybody and start over and scrap the whole thing. And we're the worst team ever. You know what I got to do there. Drink it in, man. Grifka, I got forty-five points for the Detroit Lions. That's a forty burger with a side. Uh, side item on your plate, 45 points for the Lions. I still think the defense is going to be an issue. Give the Gardner Minshew-led Jacksonville Jaguars 35 points, 45-35. Fun game to watch, fun fantasy football game. If you haven't, check out my articles at USA Today Lions Wire where I detail some of these uh, numbers and whatnot. 35-45, Detroit Lions get a W, go to... Two and three, heading to the ATL, where I will be there live and in person at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, watching that game with my buddy Chops. I cannot wait. Lions need some mojo. Need to get this W. And woo-wee, would I love dropping a 45 spot on Jacksonville. Let them know what it is, Rod Allen. Grifka, what do you got? I should have let you go first, because I just brought the heat. What do you got? Um, coming off the bye week, I think the Lions will have some stuff figured out. I think they're going to throw up some big points. I got the Lions scoring 38 this game, and I got Jacksonville putting up uh, 24. So Lions winning 38-24. Wow. Tremendous. Unbelievable. I can't believe you just said that, Rifka, but I'm, I'm happy. You uh, you didn't bring me down. You've, you've, you've frustrated me on Wednesday. You've, you've brought up some things today. We tried to have a little bit of fun on the show. I tried to give some strong takes, some strong opinions. Before we close up this show, I mean, it's just a staple here on the show. We have to ask the question. We have to just pick the brain of at Grifka DKC on Twitter because he never tweets and ask you this. Grifka, do you have anything else for the people? Uh, nope. Everybody, drink that Detroit Kool-Aid. One of these days here on the show, Grifka... We'll have something just that's going to blow your mind at the end of the show. I don't know, something like Matt Stafford being friends with Clayton Kershaw. Jerome Bettis is from Detroit. I mean, Joyke Bell was, you know, some of those amazing. He's going to have something one of these days that hasn't happened in over two years here on the show. It's going to happen. Just like the Detroit Lions are going to win this ball game. The Detroit Lions are going to win a Super Bowl in our lifetime. It will happen. And you're going to hear about it here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast twice a week, Wednesdays, Fridays. You can catch me on Thursdays, um, B-L-E-A-V, and Lions with Lions legendary safety, Benny Blades. He brings it. We have a bunch of fun. We're just talking Lions basically all week. And again, you don't know what other shows I might pop up on. Might be doing some guest spots. Always love talking Lions, even despite the struggles here to start the season. So everybody, drink that Detroit Kool-Aid. Take care. As Griffith says, has a great weekend. We'll be back here next week talking all things Detroit Lions right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. We're out. Drink it in, man.